Welcome to the Go Solo Show, powered by Subkit, the number one place for inspiration to help you start, run, or grow a winning business. I'm Johnny Quirk, and each week we bring you some amazing guests from a wide variety of businesses, all talking about their journey, motivations, and top tips for entrepreneur success. We deliberately aim to bring you stories, interviews, and real people who are fully deep in the trenches, building their businesses, and sharing actionable insights that you can use for your own entrepreneurial business journey. So whatever you're building, we're excited to be part of that journey with you. If you like what we do, don't forget to subscribe. Now let's get on with the show. Hey guys, Johnny Quirk back once again here to support your entrepreneurial journey. Okay, cool. So today I'm delighted to say that we're talking wellness here on the Go Solo Show. And we have four amazing people who've successfully built a winning business with thriving communities, regular customers, and amazing social media presences. So a very warm Go Solo welcome today to Amber from Misfit out of Toronto. Amber, great to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. We have Jennifer from Chicago. Jennifer, great to have you here too. Hi, thank you so much. Uh, Jessica, California is where you hail from. Great to have you here too. Hello, hello. And Ashley, if I haven't got this wrong, you're from Washington. Are we done? We've got a full set? Yes, Washington State. Amazing. Well, it's so good to have you here. It's an international affair. Obviously, everybody knows I'm in the UK. We have the US and Canada kind of featured on the show today. So like I said, a great combination of guests. So let's get on with the show. Okay, so as you guys know, our usual audio and visual listeners, uh, we usually start off by basically getting a background on our businesses and finding out what everybody does. So let's maybe start with you, Jennifer. So what is your business? What is it you do? And what sets you apart from everybody else? Hi, everyone. Um, My name is Jennifer. I am a Chicago-based Reiki master healer, meditation instructor, and I also am a certified personal trainer. So I um, kind of dabble in all things within wellness. Um, I try to focus mostly on Reiki and the fitness side of stuff with running. So I kind of bridge the gap between the two um, with that. So I am trying to really grow my Reiki business um, more so here in Chicago. It is a little bit not as well known as it might be in other parts of the country or the world. But um, yeah, just trying to mesh the two um, physical and the emotional side of things together in one place. Amazing. That sounds good to me. And how about yourself, Ashley? What is it that sets your business apart? And what is it you do? I am a yoga teacher first, but uh, a lot of I've gone a lot of different avenues. And right now I am helping coach new yoga teachers to bridge the gap between yoga teacher training and actually teaching or making money and doing business and marketing the things that you don't learn in yoga teacher training i'm currently in the process of letting go of a yoga studio which is a good thing i'm actually very happy about it so i like to hear congrats that's so exciting rather than i'm so sorry that didn't work because it's actually been so great to work from home with my three-year-old and um help new yoga teachers through my youtube channel and through online um, methods Amazing. So you're working on the B2B one, but you definitely have a growth mindset from what you're saying as well in terms of it's actually turned into a good thing that you're now focusing less yeah. on the studio, more virtually. Oh, and my, my, um, you can, my name for my business is Ashes Yoga. So you can find me anywhere as Ashes Yoga. Amazing. That sounds so good. How about yourself, Jessica? How about your business? Yeah. So I am a yoga and guided meditation instructor. And I think my niche, I know my niche, my specialty is really (laughs) helping, um, helping bring yoga to people who have felt othered in the wellness community. So um, larger bodies, disabled bodies, LGBTQ, anybody who has not felt comfortable in a traditional gym setting or yoga studio setting, I'm helping those people bridge the gap um, between, you know, mind body connection and helping them relate to yoga in a slightly different way, helping them find yoga to meet them where they're at versus them meeting some yoga journey that doesn't exist. Incredible. I love that. Very, very, very cool. And how about yourself, Amber? Like uh, for this kind of wellness special, where do you fit in in terms of your business? Yeah. So Misfit Studio uh, was a physical location. There was a few scattered throughout the city and uh, during the pandemic, all of them closed. The pivot has been to the Misfit Method, which is the type that was offered at the studios. And the movement is a combination of dance and Pilates and yoga, all infused to very intentional movement, uh, music, 
And I think the greatest thing I've learned, I'm sure we're going to get into this, but the thing that I've learned the most through this year and so few months now um, is how to connect the, to, to the, the understanding that we might be living in the sympathetic nervous system and how movement, most specifically dance and expression and yelling and screaming and sweating helps us <laughs> shift into the parasympathetic nervous system so we can feel more uh, alive and not stuck in our freeze. I hear you. And, you know, I'm, that's why I'm a big fan of yin yoga myself. Not only because I'm very lazy when it comes to exercise, but I love to get that kind of, you know, stretching for long times as well and, and feeling that vibe. So I just want to put out there that this show is guaranteed to make people feel better. I mean, if you look at the broad spectrum of what you guys are all doing, you're all making massive impacts on the world and making people feel better. So that's great to hear. So Amazing. So this goes on to my next question, really, which I'm just going to throw in there. So please grab it, somebody and, and tell us and then, you know, everybody can run with this afterwards. So there are many reasons why people get into doing what they're doing. But I'm really interested about what you guys were doing before you started on this journey. Don't get me wrong. You might have come out of school and went, do you know what? This is what I'm going to be doing. But you know, were you doing corporate life before? Were you doing something else? I would really be interested to know what your motivation was and what made you say, this is going to be my career from now on. Oh, this is a fun one. Uh, <laughs> you go for me, it. Me, actually. So, I, and people don't know, maybe some people don't know this, when I present myself on YouTube or with some of the different designs and graphics and Instagram, um, I was in marketing. Well, kind of. I was a graphic designer prior to becoming a yoga teacher. So... I went to school for graphic communications, web design, graphic design, and I love it. And it was always my goal to combine my passion for health and wellness with something with graphic design or marketing. And so when I became a yoga teacher, I just slowly started to learn about business, marketing, and combine those skills. But I did work full-time as a designer for a while and then went full-time yoga teaching for different studios in 2013. So it's been a journey. It's been a longer journey than just these past couple of years to build up yeah. my own brand. But for me, it was marketing and design. And that's what helped has helped me gain the confidence for being on YouTube, for being on Instagram and yeah. all the social media places. That's a really good wow. fit, actually. So you kind of found your way into that. that. That's really, really good. How about the rest of you guys? Like, how did you end up doing what you're doing now? Was it always the dream or did you kind of leave something and said, I need to be doing something more with my life? So I am actually uh, still working my corporate job. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing them both. And it's a, uh, I think when I first started teaching yoga when I found a teacher training program that fit my schedule it was like oh this will be something nice to do extra like yeah. let me just get this certification because um I keep finding myself being offered teaching opportunities and things like that and I'm not even certified at this point so let me just get this and this will be a nice cool part-time thing I can do and it's slowly you know it's been three or four years now and slowly it's like taking more and more and more and more of that my time and I never really visualize like oh one day I'm going to be a full-time wellness professional um, but that's becoming my reality and I'm just at that point where I'm afraid to take that jump <laughs> because I'm so used to these like everything being like guaranteed and regimen and we all know that like taking a jump is like you're you know it's a risk right um, so I'm in that transition currently um, and it's stressful it's a lot <laughs> yeah I can imagine and but does it like, feel right as well do you feel you're on a journey yourself and things are going to present them to you Absolutely. I feel, um, I feel like I'm moving in the right direction. The, the, um, me actually getting certified and going to school to do this in any capacity was me following like signs like, oh, okay, something is propelling me in this direction. Let yeah. me just go with it and stop fighting it. So I'm still feeling that way. It's just at a point where now it's like, I need to be proactive and say, okay, <laughs> here's the line <laughs> and I'm taking the sleep. Um, but I definitely feel drawn to it. I definitely feel like the opportunity, like, you know, not to sound too hippy dippy, but the universe is calling me in this direction. And this is the thing I feel the most confident in, in my life out of everything I've ever done professionally. Yeah. I feel like, okay, I got this. Cause I was, I'm born to do this. That's how I feel about doing this. So yeah. And that's, that's perfectly fine. Do you know what I mean? I think that sounds really healthy actually. And look, we love hippy dippy on the show as well. So <laughs> good use of that word as well. I think it's, you know, 
whatever people are doing, it's got to feel right. It's whether that's a side hustle, side project, whatever. But if it's moving into something, it's a smart way of doing it. So really cool. How about yourself, Jennifer? Like, you know, where have you kind of come from? And this what are you doing? very similar, Jessica. I'm, uh, <laughs> I work in logistics full time. So I still do that. And I have done both some type of fitness and this for about four years. So I'm used to like working in this like co-management of doing that part-time. And then I find that I ebb and flow like more into fitness and wellness and stuff in certain times and seasons of my life. So um, yeah, I went to school for logistics and marketing. I ended up with a job out of college after that. I've been in the industry for like 15 years. Um, each thing I think keeps layering on to one another. So I started with teacher training with yoga and then I went on to get my personal training certification. I got a certified uh, like a meditation, you know, certification. And then I also have <laughs> one with um, Reiki. So, I mean, it's just one keeps like a door open and uh, Reiki, I think was the one that really like locked in for me in the pandemic, especially just with like finding ways to um, keep myself calm and grounded and, and manage stresses that I was feeling in my own life. So, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I don't think there's very many people that are combining that with like the physical side of it. Cause I think it's either people feel like they have to be one or the other. And I don't necessarily think that that's it. Yeah. So that's my goal is trying to like share that with everyone. I mean, I feel the same thing that the momentum is pushing me in that direction. I eventually will make the full on movement yeah. into, into it all this. Sounds yeah. like you're spinning plates and, 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 and in a good way. And I'm also excited to hear. That way. <laughs> yeah. And also, I think if, depending on what Amber says here, I think we could have a team here about some kind of global wellness behemoth because everybody's got skills <laughs> in marketing and corporate background or whatever. Yeah. So, Amber, whereabouts are you at? I mean, listening to all of you talk about your journey to finding um, the wellness world and making it a part of your life makes me feel very emotional because. Uh, I applaud you. I know how much work it takes to make a choice to be in this world. Um, I have only ever done this. I started dancing when I was three, like some parents just throw their kids in dance. And I was that kid that was excellent at it. And it changed my life. It changed the trajectory of my life. I started teaching when I was 12 and I have only ever taught movement wow. for my entire life. Um, and it's been a fucking journey. <laughs> it has been so unbelievably challenging because I don't have the marketing skills that doesn't come natural because I don't have the financial skills because I've never worked in a corporate world. I have been learning as I've been going and it has not been easy. And anyone that chooses to make this their life. Yeah. I mean, that's really great from the heart as well. And you know, we edit a lot of, you know, obviously this is the Go Solo show. And Sorry, I didn't go. know if I could F-bomb. I totally just F-bombed. <laughs> oh, look, that you, you can say what you want on this show. Look, look, you know, it's, as long as it's not me dropping them every five minutes, that's fine. And, you know, maybe season one, if you look, listen to some of the clips, it kind of comes in as well. So, but no, look, we want people to speak from the heart. And I think, you know, what you're just saying is so, so important. I think, um, I, I edit a lot of blogs for the Go Solo blog as well, where we actually interview numerous entrepreneurs. I think maybe some of you guys have, have done a blog for us. And, you know, one of the questions I, I usually ask is kind of like, you know, what's the hardest thing from being an entrepreneur? And, you know, some people may refer to them as an entrepreneur, but some people don't. Whether that's selling one ticket for yoga once a month, I think you're an entrepreneur as long as you're basically doing something like that but they're saying it's the entire balance of trying to run a business it's the bookkeeping it's the website management it's the everything you're actually doing and still keeping it going this is it Ashley knows the score I <laughs> so. love all of that stuff maybe not the bookkeeping but the websites and all of that that's I think what makes me different than a lot of yoga teachers and why I've been able to help or turn to helping yoga teachers more than teaching yoga because by me helping yoga teachers that in turn is then spreading more yoga to the world that I don't have to teach, but others are. Of course. I think that's really good. Like, and, and also I think it's so important, like you said, these kind of skills, they also, what you know, can be related to a yoga business or a wellness business or whatever. So you can be kind of hyper-focused and that's really, really cool. Now, We've already brought this word up. We hate to use this word. And this isn't the F-bomb that Amber's just been dropping right now. This is the P word. And you guys have mentioned it, which is pandemic. So 
I hope we're coming out the other end now. Like I really, really do. You know, like hopefully there's been a few false dawns that we're getting through now. But what was your pandemic like? And, and when I say about that, you know, like I just interested to know like what it was like for your business. I hate to use the word opportunities because, you know, obviously it's been a terrible thing worldwide, but from talking to different entrepreneurs, they've said, well, actually it made me refocus on what I needed to do or take my business. I'm interested to know what the pandemic did for you and your business and, and how you're feeling coming out of it. So who's going to go first here in terms of wanting to embrace the pandemic word? I can go. I, okay, I thought it, I mean, time. honestly, for me, it was um, probably one of the better things that happened. It allowed me to be able to focus and kind of like finish a website, deal with like launching a meditation course. I finished another teacher, like another training with Reiki. So, I mean, I did a lot of that stuff in addition to my job, but it gave me the time that I like wasn't spending commuting two hours a day. And, and I got time back in that sense to be able to work on the things that like I wanted to work on. Was I like working on it during the day? No, by, by no means, but it was one of those things of where like I had extra time at the end of the day to like work on it at night or really early in the morning or whatever. So uh, overall with that I think it's just also sharing the message about stuff and how to like cope with the stress that we're having and that's been one of like really stepping into that place as well because working on the corporate side I see so many people that I do work with that are stressed the f out and I'm always <laughs> like they're like you seem really calm and I'm like I also practice meditation daily and I run and I try to get out of the house and it's like if you're not doing those things I'm not going to sit there and preach with them about what to do but at the same time it's like you got to make those decisions for yourself to yeah, yeah. pull yourself out of that angst and kind of like move forward and make the best out of the, you know, crazy situation for all of us. So what you're saying is you had a great pandemic. You were able to focus <laughs> on the business. <laughs> I mean, in that sense, yes. I mean, was it easy? No, but it's like, I live by myself and, of course. you know, I, I was afforded more Proactive. time to be able to focus on things. Yeah, yeah. That's, that sounds good. And if I'm thinking right, Ashley, you and Amber were saying that you pivoted from physical to more virtual and the likes. I think I'm interested to hear more about that. Uh, maybe, Ashley, maybe it's a good way for you. I'll, to yeah, I'll talk on that. So I actually had taken over a studio five months prior to March 2020. So oh, wow. we were a new studio or uh, still building since I took it over. It was only probably a year and a half that the old owners um didn't want to do it anymore and i said this is awesome i i'll take the opportunity i had a one-year-old at the time and i needed something for me and i loved it and running this because i bought a studio i actually had set my online business aside so i already had an online business prior i was building an email list and all the things but i set that aside to to navigate studio ownership and five months later we closed well we didn't shut down yet but we closed and It was really hard at first, but I had the skills and knew the skills to pivot online. But I was also a mom with a one-year-old and I didn't have a lot of time. So I was working till 1 a.m. I would get up at 5 a.m. and teach a 6 a.m. class and I didn't have much help. I I won't get too much into that, but even a few months after that, I ended up, there was a breakup happened. I had to move out on my own. High overhead cost of a closed studio, high cost of living in the Seattle area. It was hard. It was so hard. So with financially, I had to at first um, ask my mom for help and apply for every single state and city grant I could find. And luckily, I got several of those, which were so helpful because rent here is just outrageous. So, yeah, it was really tough. And right now I could reopen my studio. But the thing is, I just don't want to anymore. Mm. I'm not... I don't want to build a local community. I love what I've been doing online and the hard work I've put in to build this online business on YouTube with my online courses and everything has just been so fulfilling and it's a different community, but it's more aligned with what I want. So I'm just letting my lease expire and it's okay. And I'm fine with it because it wasn't my baby in the first place. I did not design the studio. I didn't create it. I just took it over. So it wasn't, it's not too sad for me. I, I know it, it's sad for a lot of others, but something better will come of it. Yeah, and it sounds from your perspective, I mean, it sounds like amazing kind of um, strength to get through what were clearly difficult situation. <laughs> yes, but yes, like it, it was... seems like you're in a positive place now. It seems like you've kind of said goodbye to that stuff. You're moving forward. You're saying, here's what comes next for Ashley. 
And also, mm-hmm. like you said, you're seeing the positives and saying, I'm going to move online. Yeah. And then one of the biggest help, helpful things that happened is I finally found daycare. So when my son was two and a half, I finally put him in daycare four days a week. And that made a huge difference. So asking for help, at, whether it's hiring for your business to grow or childcare, you have to find something to help mm. you to continue to yeah. move forward. And so that's, that's what I did. Amber, we've talked, obviously, you have children as well, you know, in terms of situation, like you said that you've, have you fully moved online now? Was that due to the pandemic? Or I'm interested to know what your experience is like. Yeah, so uh, I had a baby in um, February, end of February. Congratulations. I mean, thank you. Uh, Then the (laughs) pandemic happened. So um, it was uh extraordinarily shocking to go from building a business for the last decade i have the the multiple studios in the city and uh, a team a really strong and powerful team and the pandemic i think just like blew everybody apart and no one really knew what to do and a lot of fear took over and i was in a total blissful and privileged place of thinking that i was going to have uh maternity leave and that didn't happen. And so uh, having a, a, f- a five-week-old, I started teaching online to be the leader that I thought I could be, to show the team that this can be possible. We can pivot to be online. And at the beginning, I think there was some excitement, but for the reality of, I think, people working from their home rather than these beautiful studios where we were engaged in, you know, 40 people in the room dancing around and sweating. It was a very, very um, different experience. You say different. Yeah. It, it just dramatically shifted. Mm. Um, and so uh, the team kind of early on shrunk down to a very, just, just a, another teacher and I, and, learning how to run my business after 10 years of having other people run it and manage it was uh, a a really challenging feat to take on and to recognize that online was something that was happening around the world. So it was this fascinating dance between recognizing that all of the sudden there could be a world audience. Yeah. And that was fascinating because I have friends that the world so you know my friends in australia could take class and my friends that live in chile could take class and that was so cool amazing and then you know this reconciliation of like i just don't think that life is going to come back to normal um and making the decision to close my studios was heartbreaking Mm. um then fast forward six months because had fall into a very dark place for about six yeah um it started to that place of darkness started to inform how i could move forward and literally crawl myself out of my own hole that because of my darkness and my sadness that i closed my my life my life is everything actually yeah and i think what happened is that being able to talk about it online and attract different people and have a space where people, you know, doing zoom classes is very strange, (laughs) (laughs) but this, but this that we're doing right now, uh, fascinatingly enough, really called vulnerability to the surface. People started to share the experience of what the pandemic was for them. And I, you know, I, I wish that everyone for experience. I just don't think that that was true with everyone. A lot of people had a really, really hard time. And of course. That started to inform the movement. And so I started to research more of, you know, this fascination of what happens when we get stuck in our fear and what happens when we get stuck in our held patterns of not being able to move forward. And movement is actually the only thing that healed me and got me out of my own dark hole that I'm still realistically crawling out of. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, and having a, a year and a half year old <laughs> with the other parents in the room, you know, yeah. what that's a lot, to, a lot to take on. Yeah. It's, it's just like a total life change. Yeah. 
And so, you know, this, this real dance, and I call it a dance because some days it's like, it's beautiful and exuberance and it's full of curiosity of, wow, what does online mean? Yeah. And what does look like? And then the other side of the dance is like, what just happened? Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, we appreciate the, the honesty in terms of you telling this story, because actually, like you're saying, is it, it's not all like it, it, it seems to me, because I think the more we become attached to stuff in life, the more, the deeper we love something, as in you must have put a lot of effort into your studios, your brand, your whatever you do it actually then is harder to say goodbye to that when something affects that. It's not like, you know, as then what Ashley was saying, the studio was taken over. It wasn't a problem. Yeah. You haven't decorated it and come up with it your own way. Like you're saying, if this is what it is, it's difficult. And it's not as easy as just switching a light bulb and saying, oh yeah, I'm just going to move online tomorrow. That's fine. You know, it's, it's, it's almost like apples and oranges, really, like in terms of you do, but you do need to do that and realize which way the wind is blowing. You know, like what, what's the future going to be like? And you never know, it may come back fully or maybe you don't want to, maybe you fully can put that aside. So yeah, thank you for, for sharing that story as well, Amber. That and, was great. you know, you did just say such a key word. You, you used the word attachment. And I think that this was a practice of non-attachment, like yeah. in its nth degree. This was, what was the attachment to the life that once was? And yeah. why can't I let go of it? I mean, it, it's true. Yeah. I mean, look, how much time? Yeah. I mean, I think I'm with kindred spirits here. Like if we're reading like Buddhist philosophy and stuff like that, it's all well and good to say about attachment and say, oh, we shouldn't get too involved in this or whatever. But that's easier said than done, <laughs> you know, because we are humans. You know, we, yeah. you know, we, we do take attachment. You know, we learn to love stuff. We put extra effort into stuff. And unfortunately, things don't work out. It's always good to have this grounding and say, well, actually, that wasn't meant to be or something better is coming down the line or whatever. But there does have to be some kind of grieving process or something that takes place for something. Uh, but, you know, let's hope that the next thing that comes up is a, a phoenix out of those flames and goes, wow, this was meant to kind of happen. This was the right thing to do. So, uh, yeah, amazing. And Jessica? I'm going to come to you just this, you know, your pandemic experience, you know, and, and by the way, we're not going to be talking about pandemic for forever on the show, but I'm just interested to know, like, you know, what your experience was. Were you, were you a bit more safe because you do both sort of thing? Well, um, I, I have a presence on the internet, but up until the pandemic, I wasn't doing like anything online besides microblogging. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so as soon as this happened, I hit the ground running. I was working for two different studios teaching. And I was commuting from like Orange County to LA a couple times a week. And I was just, I was, I love teaching. I was more stressed out about the commuting part. That was making me hate what I was doing. Like I was just so <laughs> overwhelmed by everything. And um, as soon as this stuff happened at the end of March, I remember having conversations with the two places I worked at, the two studios. What do you want to do? I don't know. Let's, you know, they're saying two weeks. Remember two weeks? <laughs> I do uh, remember, yeah. Let's uh -huh. write it out. And let's it see. really so, was, yeah. It's a long two <laughs> weeks is all I'll say. Yeah, it's the longest yeah. two weeks I've ever had. And so uh, one studio was like, you know, we're going to write this out and, you know, whatever. The other studio was like, hey, um, are you comfortable being on Zoom? Do you want to try this? And I was like, I'm not, but let's do it. Like, let's just do it. So I hit the ground running. I went right on Zoom within like two weeks just to have a class. Yeah. And um, I found that I liked it because I wasn't commuting, but also um, I was inviting students to practice with me in my class and mm -hmm. or in my house, which is a different experience than me showing up to teach a student in a studio. Um, my teachers always drilled it in my head, don't take your own class. So my in-studio, and I think most teachers have that same um, vibe when they're teaching, you're not really doing the flow with them you're kind of leading you're, you're observing your class you're walking around so that's taken away from zoom that's not a thing you have to demonstrate your whole class you're doing your class with your student i never really had that experience and what it did was it kind of i'm still the instructor and still leading the class but i'm also a student with the students so if i'm going through something <laughs> i am more apt to share it with it and be open with my students so it kind of took a barrier away because they're practicing yeah. with me in my home it created Honestly, more of a close-knit community, which sounds like ass backwards because we're Zooming versus being in the same room together. But what I found in my studios teaching, like in Los Angeles, for example, people would come to class and they would run out before class was over or as soon as it was done. 
Yeah. And like they get on the road and go home or whatever they're doing on zoom, you know, we're at home, we're in our sports bras, you know, looking crazy. Yeah, yeah. talking and opening up you know after class and asking questions and getting to know each other because we're comfortable and we're at home so it kind of removed a barrier helped me get a little bit closer with my audience and then it also exposed me to like the world like like um I, I think Ashley or Amber I can't remember who was saying but like I remember I started having people come to class from Europe I had somebody from Australia and somebody from like east coast of Canada I'm like what this is crazy and then they were inviting their friends and their mothers and their sisters. And like, it just, so it was like two parts. It kind of took a barrier down that helped me yeah. connect with my audience, my students in a different way. Um, and then it, it gave me a larger, um, more exposure of people that didn't have access to my class or maybe people that were here that were afraid to show up in person and felt more comfortable. And I hate to use the word opportunities like I did before, but you know, it has opened up some of those. And when are you, a lot of you have said, you know, you've got international students starting to come. You're able to go beyond your geographic uh, remit. Mm -hmm. It maybe means you can develop your brand further and where you're marketing to or whatever. You know, I think it's quite interesting. Um, quite a few of those things you're saying as well about people feeling more comfortable. You know, like you find people, I guess, maybe you're in a Shavasana for 40 minutes and you didn't realize Zoom was still on and <laughs> someone's still there or whatever, because, you know, th these things happen. People probably feel like, like you said, people just jet out because they're so busy going from building to building and commuting and, and all this all the time. So very, very cool. Right. The final question before we're going to go on to some of your growth tips for business. Um, I'm really interested to know because you're all in wellness, you're all doing really cool things in this space. Are you all super chilled and have a great work-life balance? I see some laughing here for anybody on the audio here. Or what do you do beyond the meditation, the Reiki, the yoga to, 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 to put work-life balance? And I asked this question because on episode one of season two, we were chatting with a Pilates instructor on here. And she was saying, oh, my work-life balance was crazy. I was doing 60 sessions a week and it just got madness. She was obviously a great flexibility with Pilates, but no work-life balance. So without going into too much detail here, what do you guys think? Work-life balance? Is it there? Do, do anything extra beyond that? <laughs> go to therapy. Take therapy, do therapy, get a therapist. That's a huge recommendation. I think self-care, she's always reminding me on my weekly appointments, like, what are you doing for yourself as a check-in? And also for me, I've set the priorities that my priorities right now are my career, which is yep. my online business and my son. So I'm not dating. I'm not trying to have a, a huge social life because I know I can't focus on all of it. So I'm actively working mostly on my career and spending time with my son. And I know those two things come first. Amazing. That's very good. Any other tips for work-life balance that you guys are able to? We've got therapy in here so far. Uh, you guys do anything else? Or is the, for those of you doing side, when I, I use it in the nicest way, side hustles of wellness, is that the actual yin to the yang of you know, your other jobs or whatever? I, I was just going to say um, the work-life balance is a constant struggle for me. <laughs> uh, the, one, the two things that really helped me kind of not lose my mind on a regular basis is my personal practice um and just like reminding myself constantly that my what i do with private clients or uh, teaching even if i'm taking the class I'm, I'm, that's not a personal practice so maintaining that personal practice whether whatever it is walking yeah. yoga practice meditation um, i have to take that time for myself and I have to force myself even if i feel like i don't need it and then also my work is very isolating i work from home and then all of the stuff i do virtually for teaching um, so I forced myself to uh, be social <laughs> with yeah. the people I love. Like, so that could just be a coffee or a drink or like an all day Saturday spa day or whatever it is that we do. Um, but really forcing myself to interact with people I love <laughs> yeah. on a regular basis. Because <laughs> it's yeah. easy to be a hermit. It can be. And like you said, if you're doing two busy things, it really can be. Hey, uh, Jennifer, what about yourself? Like, are you going for like mountain hiking every morning? Are you... Just locking yourself in a dark uh, room. Like, what's your no, approach to no. work-life balance? <laughs> no, I mean, I think for me, like, the biggest thing that always, like, keeps my sanity is just finding some type of, like, routine. I'm big on routine when I can. I mean, if I teach really early in the morning, that's one thing that goes out the window a little bit as far as, like, the timing of every day. But I always try to get outside and walk. I usually run. I meditate. I mean, it's, like, finding, like, even rituals with, like, your coffee or, like, a hot tea or something like that just, like, to give yourself time. 
Um, but I mean, balance is obviously a questionable thing for myself as well sometimes, but Zoom fatigue was a real thing for a while there. And it was just getting burnt out on that and trying to find boundaries of like what things you would and wouldn't do during the week, especially if you're on meetings like all day. But I think for me, the biggest one was probably like literally getting outside every day. And even in Chicago, yes, I go outside literally every day. Yeah. So that, that was probably my one huge right. thing of like getting out of my 750 square foot apartment to like be <laughs> outdoors. So You're right. We're supposed to be, you know, social beings. We're supposed to not be confined to boxes or whatever. You know, I think mm-hmm. everybody is, mm-hmm. but you can really feel it during the pandemic. Uh, Amber, how about yeah. yourself in terms of this balance? Like, you know, do you feel you have balance? Do you feel you're working mm-hmm. on balance? Do you feel some of these guys are given some tips that you want to take on board and just to know where you're at with this. Yeah. I think, you know, in part of this recognizing of the silver linings, I can absolutely say that I was like 1000% only at the studio, my mind and my heart and every part of my life was the studio culture. Yeah. Uh, so having it just like taken and no longer how much energy uh, I was devoting something that was outside of myself. So self-care, yeah. learning how to direct some of that energy and attention inward has been life-saving. But honestly, it's connecting with nature. It's yeah. participating in the fact that we are nature. We, us humans, yeah. we need to be out there and smell and see and feel and you know, where I live right now, the, the autumn leaves are just stunning and listening to the crispy crunchy underneath your feet. It's like, oh yeah, right. Life, death, <laughs> rebirth cycle. Boom. There it is. Yeah. I agree though. It's true. You know, like I live in Manchester here in the UK. It's a fairly industrial city, but the countryside is 20 minutes away. It got mm. to this weekend and we were doing a lot of city-based stuff, but I just said to my wife and kids, let's get out into the country air. You know, it just, there was just a need to do this. There was a need to get out and like you said, feel the leaves and trees and stuff like that. It just kind of has to happen and you forget about that mm. kind of connection. So, right. This is all pure gold. I'm going to put this in one of our blogs and just say, here's some great tips because, you know, like, I guess you guys being wellness professionals, if you are not, actually having a great work-life balance or experience it kind of almost then goes through into your kind of customers or you know your students or whatever kind of business you're doing so it's very very important that you're living that as well actually that you've got real balance in your lives as well now this is where we go and switch into kind of part two of our show and this is basically because I want to try and just dip in and get some tips from you guys about how you go about running your business and and some of these and We have a few questions to ask, and I'm just going to literally throw this in. And the first word I'm going to say is Instagram. Now, you guys all have, you know, and and let's not talk about metaverse. We haven't got all day or all this stuff that's happening. But I'm just really interested to know about Instagram and your opinion on it. And maybe just kind of like, what have you done to grow your presence? Because you all have great presences on Instagram. You know, you, you know, we're not superficial in terms of talking, you know, oh, you've got got 50 million followers or whatever like this, but you guys have all built fairly solid Instagram accounts, which obviously reflect your brands in different ways. I'm just interested to know what your approach that is and whether it's probably your primary part of marketing, how you go about growing it. Is it organic? Uh, I'm just interested to know kind of like how you use it and how you've grown it for for other people maybe thinking about starting or growing their one. So who wants to go first? What do you think about Instagram or what can we be doing it, using it for? And if not, I'll go down in order. Jessica, you look like you're ready to pounce. You, you've got a great go Instagram. You're, you're just like, have I got an Instagram account? I think it's there in the ether somewhere. <laughs> no, I was waiting to like hear what everybody else had to say, but um, because I don't really have a method, I feel like um, the audience that I found has definitely been organic and accidental. Yeah. Um, and I say that because I don't have any... <laughs> organization I don't have any rhyme or reason I don't have a schedule thing I tried to do all that I can't it doesn't work for me <laughs> um it really doesn't right. and, and the, what, what I'm doing uh, with my Instagram is I'm just using it as a space to be you know within this channel of wellness and body acceptance and all the things that I stand for personally I try not to think of it as a brand because that just gets really 
it just feels so businessy. And I understand that that is obviously what we want. Um, but for me, it's, it's a place of authenticity. So I'm talking about whatever yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm promoting. So as far as like classes and things like that, of course, but however I'm feeling, whether that's like funny or goofy, sad, upset, um, I try to put that in this micro space in a way that's helpful for the greater yeah. audience. So I'm trying to be myself authentically, um, in a way that other people can relate to, um, there's an aspect of Instagram is very markety. Um, it's very salesy. And I know that that's kind of the tone that things are going towards or it's been growing towards this, this trend of being on brand and marketing and da 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's great. And it's a great space for that. But I think with that, you lose a lot of your authenticity, especially as you start to grow and you start to get bigger opportunities. And I see it all the time where I get an email. And I'm like, you want to pay me how much to talk about what? And then I'm like, wait, I can't. I can't do that. Like, that's not something I would naturally ever do on my own. So I don't want to share that, you know, I don't want to, to go out there in that aspect. So, and in a messy nutshell, that is my rhyme or reason uh, for Instagram, which is not helpful. It's been a slow growing process for me. So, but the audience I have is into me. They're interested in me. They're listening to me. I mean, they clearly love the organic, authentic look if you do. And I'm actually going to tack on the next question to this one. Everybody will get their say on Instagram, but you can also have the tack on question, which is Is it your primary source of traffic to, as as a business leads generator, or do you use other marketing ways? To, to basically grow your, uh, you know, grow your customers, audience or anything like that? Or do you find Instagram is a really great driver of new customers? Um, for me, Instagram is my primary. Um, I don't really exist anywhere else. I, yeah. I exist on Facebook. Um, I have a, a, a space on YouTube, but it's not active. And, yeah. you know, I have a couple key pieces of content there that people constantly go to but it's not something I maintain regularly. So that it's a channel for me. I do get a lot of um, opportunity and interest there, but Instagram is my primary where yeah, I'm okay. at most of the time. Yeah. Ashley, I know you're obviously big on Instagram, but also YouTube. What's your thoughts on Instagram as a, as, as what it does? Do you do anything special, anything that sh- other entrepreneurs out yeah. there might learn from? Um, well, Instagram for me, I could take it or leave it. Uh, it's yeah. the last of the big three platforms that I built, Facebook, right. YouTube, and Instagram. I started on my YouTube channel almost 10 years ago and really started building in the last few years. And that, to me, YouTube has taken longer to grow. And Tim, I like YouTube the best probably because people trust me more from longer form videos. And videos from years ago can still drive traffic to my business. Yeah. Whereas Instagram is so quick. And I built Instagram last where my biggest platform is actually a Facebook group, interestingly. So that's like massive. And then Instagram, I grew from, I think it was 4,000 to right now I have 19,000 in just a few months because I started posting reels. So at this time, reels are the growth strategy if you want to grow fast. Yeah. So with reels, all I, my strategy was really, I want to make myself laugh. I Again, Instagram, take it or leave it, but it, it's, it's not a huge thing for me if I don't do Instagram. I just want to have fun with it. So I started posting reels with trending audios to make myself laugh, but still on the topic of what I teach. And then that started to build my audience there. So I haven't yet converted a lot of those people. A lot of my clients still find me through YouTube more than anything. Mm -hmm. But um, I think now I'm kind of seeing this turnover where uh, because of Instagram and that big growth, I'm seeing more people than connecting with me elsewhere. I'm getting more messages about the software that I use and about help with other things that I'm talking about. So yeah, Instagram is fun. And if it's not fun for me, I'm not going to do it. So I'll go back to making more YouTube videos or communicating in my Facebook group. There's an amazing soundbite we're going to rip out of this, which is if it's not fun, then I don't do it because I think it's so true as well. You know, so, okay, amazing. That's great feedback. And also what you're saying is really interesting about you know, you're a YouTube OG and then the Facebook group being bigger and whatever. But, you know, I think as somebody like I'm, I'm booking restaurants online, I'm going to Lisbon next week and I'm kind of like, just, you know, Instagram seems to be the primary place people are sending me to, or I'm looking for activities and whatever. Mm -hmm. So this is the reason we always ask about Instagram because it does seem to be like a social network that's cut through stuff. You know, people are maybe using sort of a website or whatever. Uh, Amber, Jennifer, like what's your situation in terms of, 
Instagram, your feelings. Are you doing anything else? Are you slapping big posters up out there, you know, out of home or, or whatever? You know, like, 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 how are you driving most of your customers and what's your thoughts on the social networks? Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll speak to it just really quickly because yeah, I'm in sure. a place I feel like I'm a, a, I'm, I'm a new baby again because truly my growth of the studio and it was it was word of mouth like what happened with my physical yep. space was what happened in magic and someone told someone else and then they brought friends and it grew organically in a decade it became a wild thing which is so incredible to look on those memories but i was never really in the realm of social media I feel like I've done myself a disservice because I don't really um, know it well and I haven't learned about it. So I'm, I'm learning now. <laughs> I'm yeah. taking notes, listening to what Ashley had to say. I am starting to into YouTube and seeing if that can draw a new audience. Um, but it's, you know, it's, it's fascinating that things were once one way and this is now building a, a new language. And I've, I found it interesting because what I feel like I put out is something that is information-based and yeah. I really do feel like it's art. And what I've learned is that art is subjective yeah. and some people love it and don't. Well, I see this from and, yours. It is, you know, everything's black and white, I think. And it, you've got a monochrome look kind of like, but it captures people. Do you know what I mean as well? Been a space of expression and, and, and art. And I've really enjoyed so I don't necessarily rely on it for my audience. The way I speak to the people who show up for class and are curious for cl about learning more classes is through the newsletter, through the website okay. and through the newsletter, very large sub subscription base. Yeah. And I send out monthly newsletters and that's really incredible. That's, that's, that's yeah. what, what I do. Do you know what email newsletters have become? They're so strong still nowadays. I think just because it gets cut through, you know what it's like when you're scrolling through stuff, you know, it goes, doesn't even go in here anymore. You just see funny colors on the screen. Do you know what I mean? That's it. Whereas with email, you've got people, you know, that they can just click unsubscribe if you're not interesting anymore and you've lost them. So, you know, you are building a deeper relationship with them as well over time. Um, yeah. How about yourself, Jennifer, to wrap this up in terms of Instagram and you yeah. know, marketing? I'll be quickish with this. Yeah, I mean, I feel like um, Instagram in general, I mean, I don't mind it. I feel like I share a fair amount of like my day-to-day -day on it. Um, but it's, again, showing up and talking about stuff that I think I've had like the largest, I don't want to call it like barrier, but like resistance to myself of just speaking about things that like I'm passionate about and not wanting to come off, you know, as preachy or salesy yeah. or any of those types of things so I'm trying to embrace it I've posted a couple reels I'm on my like, third one now so trying try to embrace <laughs> that and like figure out the nuances of like yeah. I'm fine videoing myself but it's like it's a whole different ball game of like putting together that and then like editing it and all of that but it I mean is. I I think it's interesting. So I think um, we, we live in like a time capsule here because in three months, six months, nine months, probably the next big growth strategy for Instagram will be something or in two years, TikTok yeah. will be dead and something else will be along or something. It's it, who knows really, sure. you've got to stay ahead of the curve and find out right. exactly where your audience mm -hmm. is. I think you can dual purpose it though. I mean, I'm not, on, I have a TikTok account, but I'm not like on, on there actively, but I think it's like you can repurpose your stuff that you use for Instagram on there. So, I mean, I think that that's definitely like something that's of interest um, to kind of see like where that goes. And I yeah, don't yeah. think that it's going away anytime soon. And I think that it's these mm -hmm. short, quick 15 second videos that are capturing people's attention. They say that like, I feel like everyone's attention, if you don't capture it within a few first seconds is what they say that like three seconds, yeah, Three. that they're just like continuing to scroll. So wow. um, it's wild that that's where we're at now, but it doesn't surprise me just based off of how many things that probably everyone's juggling yeah, it, and it really is. our attention just... stand at home and whatnot. <laughs> yeah, so, attention wow. span is shocking. It really is like things really have changed, but you know, and I'm getting old now, so I'm allowed to say that. So uh... <laughs> Yeah. final question really before we go on to our famous rapid fire round for you all is for other entrepreneurs out there um you know like like we're big fans of books or websites or podcasts or resources do you guys have some favorite 
general entrepreneurial websites, books, resources, or wellness ones that you maybe would like to point people towards, you know, that you think people might know, like what sort of stuff do you consume that you find helps inform your business and its growth and the likes as well? Anybody? I read um, a book recently. What is it called? I have it over there. Um, it was, my me over and look at it um right, it was building can. out like it was uh yeah like the road the road to recognition but it basically broke down like facebook linkedin instagram like all the things of like how to make yourself like known and building out your brand yeah that's that was probably the book. last like really good one that i read um we don't have that in our library and we are trying to build a library on our blog of uh, great resources. So again, you know, if you guys have any that you want to put forward, that you say to somebody like, Oh, you should definitely check out this podcast. You should definitely check out this book. Then, you know, feel free to share. So every time that I um, dive deep into a platform or something like course building or Instagram or YouTube, I find an expert that I connect with and I buy whatever product they have. So I buy their course and I learn from them. Yeah. And I think so many people maybe want just like when you scatter yourself and look for a bunch of the free resources through Google search, it can be really confusing. But when you find someone who's done it mm -hmm. and then you follow their step-by-step -step system, that's what helped me to grow uh, so much faster on any marketing platform or uh, even with income and revenue and, and building my businesses. I found someone and I, I gave them money to tell me their secrets and they did. Yeah. So there's, uh, I've been following an Instagram coach, a few um, Instagram coaches. And my favorite podcast is actually um, Shalene Johnson. She's one of my favorites. She does Build Your Tribe and the Shalene Show, but her podcast, Build Your Tribe, is my go-to when it comes to business tips, just because I resonate with her sort of like ADHD ways. <laughs> so it's very scattered. And I'm like, I, you get me, I get it. Okay, let's yeah, yeah. tell me all the things. And then when it came to YouTube, I just, I found a coach that, that I connected with and, and I bought her YouTube program. And then I'm in an Instagram membership. So I keep up to date on all, all the, the things with the people that I connect with. So who I connect with is not necessarily going to be who everyone else connects with. Yeah. But um, so I find someone that inspires me, motivates me, and I pay for their products. Well, that works for me. That's a marketing funnel in itself. Uh, so well done. Yeah. That's, that's impressive. Uh, any you. other quick ones? Amber, have you got any quick recommendations or Jessica? No? I mean, we could always no, add I'm these as well later. I'm taking notes from Ashley. <laughs> go, go, That's all right. Go, yeah, we've, we've got these. Yeah, be expecting a marketing email coming soon as well. Seriously. <laughs> Jessica, how about yourself? I just, um, with the kind of media and social media that I consume, I, I am following people that I admire and not just because they're in my space or in my industry, but because uh, they're doing groundbreaking things in their industry and their space. I take inspiration from that kind of non-conventionally, I guess. Yeah. So like some of the people I look to, um, Nabila Noor, um, Jackie Ina, she's such a badass. Cece Olisa, um, these are influencers, influencers in uh, like beauty guru, lifestyle, things like that outside of wellness. And yeah. I learn a lot from them. And oftentimes they offer courses, like similar to what Ashley was saying, if there's somebody, somebody that you're following that's making big moves and they become successful, they start offering tips and courses. And um, I've taken writing courses from people that I admire, just not even because that's what I want to do, but there's something about them and the way that yeah. they're doing something about their authenticity that I can learn from. Um, so what I consume is just very curated to people I admire for lots of different reasons. And that spans outside of yoga and wellness. Um, oh, no, that's great. Cool. I mean, I, I guess at the end of the day as well, like as you've got to be stimulated by it. You've got to be interested in the subject and whether that's the person teaching it or whatever, you know, like, so that maybe makes you cross over the barrier into wellness and you can learn the tips that can be quite symbiotic with that as well. So amazing. Right. A rapid fire round. I did not prep you guys for these questions, but there is no trick questions, which is good. So a, uh, I will put a question in and it's the, the, the secret is in the name people. So in terms of like, you know, quick answers, but you know, let us know what you think. Right. Say I bumped into you in three years time. Where would you each like your business to be? Jennifer, let's go with you because you're at the top of my screen. 
Um, definitely, I hope to be doing that obviously full time. Um, would like to have more flexibility in the sense of like being able to like travel and host retreats and do different things of that nature. Um, so have, I guess, more freedom of time and space and having a balance of online and in-person. I do like doing stuff in person with people, so I don't know that I'll ever like fully give that up, but um, Well, hopefully yeah, the pandemic like will be over by that point. So uh, yeah, you know, the two yeah, weeks so. will be done by then. That's that's the kind of dream anyway. So uh, Ashley, three years time, where do you want your business to be? Well, three years time will be my son starting kindergarten. So that makes me just emotional in itself. And at that time when he's starting <laughs> kindergarten, I hope to be um, maybe in a different apartment, but in, probably in the same space in my business, I want it to be running in a way that I can take time off or I have hired employees and um, just running kind of behind the scenes and me popping in when I need to. And then also just spending more time with my son as he starts his first year of school. Amazing. And I always ask three years, just so you know, because it's about a thousand days, which might seem scary, but a thousand Whoa. days to turn it into what you want to be. And so I'll leave wow. that bombshell on you, Amber, in terms of where do you want to be in three years in terms of yourself and business? Oh, Lord. In three years, I will be 47 years old and I would love to host, go back to hosting retreats all over the world, which is where I was yeah. uh, years ago. But combining travel and the experience of eating food and drinking wine <laughs> and looking at the majesty of mother earth and the wild dance that I teach, you know, if I could do that like four times a year, three-year-old daughter, I'd be down. Please. Yeah, you've got a customer universe. here. Just sign me up. Yeah. It's true. You know, that sounds like ideal. I think travel's been the biggest problem with pandemic is the lack of it. So uh, let yeah. that happen, please. Let that happen. Amazing. That's that's a really good one. And what about yourself, Jessica, in three years' time? Like, where do you want to be? Do you, do you think you'll have made the push to, to leave corporate life? Or will you, you know, what's your goal? God willing. <laughs> <laughs> in three years, if I'm not, if I'm still doing two things at once, we're going to have a different conversation. Um, but yeah, I want to have a team in three years. I want to have a manager that I trust somebody. I don't want to run social media anymore. I definitely want to completely step back from that and have somebody that I trust that knows my voice and can mimic it really well to do all that stuff. And I just want to focus on wellness. Um, like most of us, I want to do retreats. Um, I don't want to be the main person on the bill, but I want to put the community of people that think like me, that we can bring something valuable to our audience, our general public. That's what I want to do. I want to, uh, I want to show people how to find joy in their life and to do things they've been afraid to do. So Brilliant. maybe that's uh, swimming in, in Italy. I don't know, but I want to lead that kind of stuff and Sounds step good. back from the day to day. Amazing. Sounds great. And if I could ask you, and we'll go through the same order again, Jennifer, uh, what, if you could use one word to describe what it's like to run your own business, what would that word be? Um, I think it's definitely probably just rewarding, you know, showing up for people every day and, and helping them in some type of manner, you know, making their day better, whether it's like teaching them a class or making them feel more calm with Reiki, whatever that is. I, I just find it to be just a really rewarding place to come from. That was more than one word, but I'll let you have it because I appreciate <laughs> the background as well. How about yourself, Ashley? Fun. Fun? <laughs> That's it. Fun. Amber. It's so much fun. <laughs> Amber, how about yourself? It's a journey. It is journey. a journey. Jessica? Informative. Informative. Learning about myself and my community every day. It's kind of mind-blowing. Amazing. I think you know so. everything, but you never do. <laughs> Jennifer, we're back to yourself again. Um, as an entrepreneur, what does success ultimately mean to you? Hmm. Um, yeah, I think for me, freedom, probably. Freedom of time, freedom of um, location, things of that nature. Yep, freedom is good. Freedom is good. Ashley? That's the first word that came to my mind too, was freedom. So time freedom, able to travel, able to do the things that are most important to me in my life and my community. So freedom. Brilliant. Amber, how about yourself? Achieving peace is the new success. 
Wow. There's another bumper sticker, actually, which we can put on here as well. I love that. Exactly. So peace, freedom, time. It's all coming together here. How about yeah. yourself, Jessica? The first thing I thought of was freedom. I think that we can all agree to that. Yeah, I think Nobody we can. Nobody wants to be chained to anything. Uh, it's kindred spirits on this call, I think, today, actually. Very, very good. So brilliant. Well, that was the next to last question, because the last question that I always ask people is where they can find you and your business online. Um, so where would you like to point people towards? Um, Jennifer, again, let's go with you, seeing as you've been first in our rapid fire round. Yeah, we'll go with Instagram. So it's just my name, Jennifer Lutensky. No yeah. Punctuation. <laughs> okay, brilliant. Uh, Ashley, where would you like to point people uh, towards? I can be found anywhere at Ashes Yoga. So like rising from the ashes, ashesyoga.com, Ashes Yoga on Instagram, search Ashes Yoga, and I come up. Brilliant. Amazing. Amber, how about yourself? I am the Misfit Method, themisfitmethod.com. Jessica, how about yourself? Um, primarily Instagram, but you can search me everywhere, just at Jessica Jade Yoga. Okay, amazing. I just want to say thanks very much to all of you for joining us on the Go Solo show today. Um, it's been such an enjoyable chat. Um, you know, Really, really good to learn about your business, where it's at. And, uh, you know, thanks very much for giving up your time as well. So good luck for the future. Thanks very much. And until next time, keep winning. Take care, everybody. See you in a bit. Thank you. Thank you. Take care. Thanks. Goodbye. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Go Solo Show, powered by Subkit. We hope you've had a great time and picked up many new ideas for your own business. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and to follow us on Twitter at team underscore go solo. If you're inspired to get started on your own enterprise yourself, then check us out at subkit.com. We're here for whenever you're ready. I've been Johnny Quirk, and until next time, keep winning.